2: You remember that when JLo interjected a let's get loud into this land is your land at the u.s president's inauguration Certainly remember that. Just iconic, iconery at its finest. Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. It's me, Eric Williams, and this week I'm doing a bit of a different episode. It's a solo episode to celebrate me surviving COVID. I've been wanting to do a solo episode for a super long time, and yeah, I do sound not great, but I feel a lot better than I did a week ago when I recorded last week's episode. Holy shit. I'm not going to go into the devastation of it, because I feel like every single person has had COVID now, so it's old news. But yeah, that fucking seared. Um, I like simultaneously loved having a dog around me, and also was like, how do parents do this with children when they're sick? Like, I had to walk him feeling like I was at death's door. It was, And then like people, like, I would, of course, be very KN95 masked. And then people were like, oh, he's so cute. And I'd be like, thank you his name's Freddie. <laughs> it was always just like not ever fun um but i'm feeling a lot better i just you know sound bad had to miss matt's family vacation that we could do every year to florida but whatever And I'm excited to do this episode where we talk about the life-changing documentary of JLo's halftime to talk about all the things I've been watching. Um, I've been wanting to do one of these where I kind of get into the pop culture, the the moments of the week. And you need to let me know if you like this format. Of course, I still have episodes with amazing guests, but I also want to do some solo apps just like so many podcasts that I listen to have these. So, You let me know, truly, if you love it. Let me know if you hate it. Let me know. I'm here. I'm here for notes. I'm here for feedback. As you can imagine, I've watched a shit ton of television this week. So I want to get into some of it before we go into the JLo halftime documentary. Um, I think the first theme of things I watched is bad men. Yeah, a lot of true crime documentaries, including the FLDS Netflix documentary. That's a... What's the full name? It's called keep sweet pray and obey and it's about that fucking insane guy warren jeffs who takes over the very already intense like offshoot of mormonism a lot of people messaged me when i posted it on my instagram story that they thought it was too slow at the beginning couldn't get into it i promise you the beginning is slow and then it's just fucking bonkers and speaking of bad men it's just like The women and children in this community are completely shut off from the world, and it is all obviously uh, coming out of just, like, control and disgusting. It's like, you know what it is? It's as if you were to tell a problematic straight man that rules do not apply to him, and so go run free, babe, and this is the world that he would make. Like, a really shitty, like, like, think about in your high school, the, like, most... Dip shitty dude and you're like yeah hey billy go go create your own community what's it gonna look like he's like well i'm gonna have 12 wives and you're like okay billy um you're only saying that because you could not do that in any other place in the world you would not be able to land a half of a person let alone 12 another crazy man documentary i watched is uh called john of god it's like about this brazilian healer actually the documentary is i give it a b so don't rush to watch it maybe like watch a trailer to see if it's up your alley because it's a little repetitive but it's it's actually from last year i think and it's about this guy that is a healer that makes people's ailments cancers mobility issues go away and he does these really like he's not a doctor he has these really crazy ways of healing people and of course it's all very religious based People would go and they would, like, say they have a tumor. He would stick a pair of scissors up their nose. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. The rest is history. But I can't, I shouldn't be laughing because it's really fucked up. You know when you get really uncomfortable and you can't stop laughing? It's so fucked up what this man does, and I'm done laughing, because it's funny that he would put scissors up people's noses and then they would be healed, because that's just absurd. What's not funny is he was, of course, an abuser. Why are these men in power so bad? Because they are feeling invincible. And you basically watch this whole documentary waiting for him to be be taken the fuck down. And, of course, it happens in ways that are kind of good and also in ways that you think it should go a whole lot further. Um, But that is John of God. That's also on Netflix. And that's another recommendation. That's like a a B recommendation. I also finished the staircase. Huge recommendation! Great series. I finished the next season of Hacks. Are you watching Hacks? They just got a season three. There are still things I I really still need to keep watching. I mean, there I even though I've had only time to watch, I still there are certain things I haven't. Like actually, I don't know if this is a gay gay people tell me. Do you listen to or did you watch um, Jason Sudeikis' uh, Ted Lasso? I never watched it. And people and people told me that I would live to regret that if I didn't end up watching Ted Lasso. I know I'm fully a decade late, but there's just certain shows that I haven't I haven't dipped into. I did watch The Kardashians. I need I just needed a light night, you know. I went from like the true crime stuff to really wanting to just like bake my brain, and so I watched Chloe find out that Tristan cheated on her again. Someone tweeted about the Kardashian show that there are no stakes. I do. I th- I think you don't watch the show for like insane plot. You know, the whole, the tweet I did. What they said is that Scott Disick is like creating a really toxic relationship with the women in the family, and like he's an ex that's trying to maintain his hold on the family, and like all you're watching is the toxic relationship of him and the women, and that's the only plot point. And I actually disagree. I think like. I'm watching it because I want to see them move to their 15th house that week. I'm watching it because they are good at scripting Rowdy TV. Kylie and Chris go to the grocery store just because they want to be normal for a day. And like, I'm riveted. I'm like, do they know how to use a self-checkout? Similar to some of the reasons why we watch The Real Housewives is, yes, of course, you want drama and fighting, which you're always going to get. But a lot of times you just want the opulence. Opulence! Which, speaking of... Beverly Hills. Complain all you will. They've never done anything. I hate when Matt's always like, Kyle is always just such a producer. I'm like, of course she is. This is her 58th season. She knows what she's doing. She has her family. She has her gorgeous Mexican Jewish husband. They go on trips. And yeah, are we beating the Crystal storyline to a pulp? Absolutely. Is Diana cuckoo bananas? Yeah, but... She calls out Sutton in so so many beautiful ways. Remember when Sutton is like, I am a good person. And then Diana's like, you said that. You keep telling us that multiple times. It's just like, come on. If someone were to say to me, you've told us, I would shut the fuck up immediately. Is it not the most devastating thing? You already told us. (laughs) And I'm saying that because I am a story repeater. I mean, you listen to this goddamn podcast, you know that. (laughs) Okay, so we got to talk about this JLo documentary. I watched it twice. I can't I I could not look away because there are so many things about it. The fashion, all of the scenes where she is picking dresses already make that a full series. The backstory of her family drama, that's a new series. Keeping up with the Lopez's Jenny from the I'm still, I'm still Jenny. Block. I was like, it's a Bronx or block? Like the backstory of her career, of her process, the halftime show itself. I'm going to be honest with you. When the Super Bowl, when that happened, and it was Shakira and JLo, I was excited, but I wasn't like ready. I wasn't like on the edge of my couch trying. I think it's, ugh, I I'm going to say this. I've loved J Lo forever, and I mean that. That's why I watched the documentary. I like she. I I think she is such a good actor. I think her movies are so good. The Wedding Planner is and will always be one of my all time faves. I mean Matthew McConaughey in that blue sweater completely turned me into a gaga. A, 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 I went to say gay person and fagatron, and I went to Gaga. I was a Gaga Tron babe from Matthew McConaughey. And J-Lo's just, like, beautiful performance in The Wedding Planner. But I lost my train of thought while I was bringing that up. All right, it's just that I have always been a huge J-Lo fan, but I think the Shakira of it all kind of watered down my excitement for the Super Bowl. I'm not anti-Shakira. I just, like, you know, for me, it was, she, her music was, like, I'm going to maybe bop on the radio a couple times, but I'm not going to actively seek out, this music, it it might be the vocal placement is hard for me. Different strokes, different strokes. So when they announced that Shakira and J-Lo were doing the, the halftime show, I was like, go off J-Lo. I'm maybe going to watch it live, which I'm not proud to say. Because of course, when they announced like Beyonce, oh my God, huge. When they announced Katy Perry, huge. I mean, I was so ready to ignore the rest of the football game. And then watch the halftime show. I love a halftime show. Didn't didn't um, I know Katy Perry had some crazy pyrotechnics. Didn't Pink do a halftime show at one point? She had to have. I I just I just feel like I can't remember the spectacle. I think that's why the halftime show is such a universal passion. Is because yes, people are there to watch a football game that apparently people care about, but the scope. Of what they do with halftime shows. It's what like JLo says it's like a literal 12 minute performance, 14 minute performance. But what they do to make it action packed, it's like almost like watching the Tonys or the Oscars or the Grammys. It's like some, kind of watching like the best parts of an award show consolidated into a 14 minute clip. You know, someone posted today a Neil Patrick Harris clip from when he hosted the Tony Awards. And it's like, he's performing. It's like Kinky Boots is there once. Um, Annie, Matilda. It was like such a huge year for all these Broadway musicals. And, and it was a TikTok thing. Someone's like, watch this clip of Neil Patrick Harris, which is like one of the best of all time. And it really was. It won two Emmy Awards. Lynn manuel Miranda did write the lyrics, um, which, you know, you know my feelings about that. But I just think the Super Bowl does that. It, it it like it's so so gay to be so theatrical with such great lighting so the uh documentary opens on jlo's 50th birthday i think she's on a tour bus or something i couldn't really tell where they were and she's like i feel like my life is just beginning And of course, we go back and forth from that kind of 50th birthday moment to preparing for the Super Bowl to all the things she has going on. And I love that they kept, I I have this like image seared in my mind. They show a clip of her right before she goes on stage of like pumping her fists before she goes. It's almost like we're watching Gay Rocky. She's wearing the most like glitz and glammed like frock, giving us full Rocky punches. And that's kind of why this documentary is brilliant. It's like so gay but also like the stakes are so high and they should be i mean obviously it's a huge fucking deal but there was a review i read about the documentary that was like saying it kind of dramatizes almost in a way that's overly dramatic about her life but i was there for it you know speaking of drama they talk about how like her mom loved musicals growing up which makes a lot of sense because she's such a good dancer and and it immediately she takes you into kind of like the family drama of it i thought it was so interesting that she was told as a kid that one of her sisters was like the singer. The other one was the smart one. And then J Lo could not do either of those things. She was only the dancer, not, not, a, not can't sing, not smart, just the dancer. And you can tell, I think for the rest of the documentary that she, there, there's still that chip on her shoulder with her family. Do you remember the part in the, there's a part in the, in her car where I think hustlers has just come out and there's the, the reviews were glowing. Cause it was incredible. And her whole family chat text thread is talking about the Jets game. Everyone's like, go Jets. And she's reading out, mom, go Jets, go Jets, go Jets. And then someone sends a link of the reviews from Hustlers. Look, this is, this came out at, you know, the Toronto Film Festival. Look what they're saying. And I think either the dad was like, Referring to that or to the game of like, well, be a big one. And the mom just directly refers to the football game. Nothing about JLo's huge career altering reviews. So then you see her go, I'm just gonna text back, go Jets. And they're all kind of laughing. But you know, that's deep. You know, that hits hard. And it shows you that no matter how famous, successful you are, you always need the approval of your family. I mean, and I also think like, no matter what industry you're in, if it's anything different from what your family does, you never feel like they understand or get it. As I'm sure most of us do. We love our families, right? My family does not know a damn thing about the industry or the things that I do. And I and that that ship has sailed. I was a brat as a kid. I would say, like, I would say to my parents, I wish you were stage moms. I wish you were stage parents. Cause then you would actually like take me to an audition. And my mom would be like, you're gay uh she, she just would be like okay and like and and like i don't know i don't think i feel that way anymore I'm, I'm glad i had like a childhood that was like doing other things kind of but i to this day have accepted that my my family lives in such a different world and i think watching j-lo in this it's like she could not live a more different life from from her family and so that must create some sort of divide even though i'm not like sad for j-lo being so fucking wealthy and successful but let's just talk about hustlers because they show they show clips of her rehearsing on the pole and it's that first scene when like her first scene in the movie when she comes out and she does that incredible dance it shows a how fucking hot she is how athletic she is the the artistry it's just if i had the ability to pole dance like that i would be unstoppable at least when bottoming i just can't imma- i just can't imagine like being able to spread my legs that that wide open but enough about me so like i said they they cut between all of her career stuff that's happening at the time with the preparation for for the halftime show. And this conversation she has with Shakira is like really sort of crazy to me. If you didn't read the articles, it's really kind of fucked up that the press that came out after the documentary premiered was basically JLo lo shit talks Shakira in new documentary, which is so not true. In this conversation, they talk about how they were both put on this show, and they were only given the same amount of time that a solo performer would have. Like they say, usually a solo performer is at the headline, it's headlining the Super Bowl, and then they choose who gets, you know, cameos, what what else happens for the show. But for this, they essentially don't trust that one Latina woman is capable of carrying the show, until so they put two people on it and make them do two people do the job of one person. It's just, it's really offensive. And I agree that they should both be given a full set. So in this conversation with Shakira, she's basically like, it's fucked up that they're making us do this. And at one point, Shakira is like, oh wait, do we get 13 minutes each or total? And JLo's like, no, babe, total. So bless her heart. Uh, It's not okay. I I think that it goes to show you how the media is looking. (laughs) Watch me go like a full right-wing rant. It just, it feels like, the news articles are always trying to find a, like, scandalous angle. And I just don't think that was the one. Like, why don't we choose the angle of, like, JLo lo chooses not to bring up her marriages and documentary about her life? I'm not, like, trying to come after J-Lo's personal life, but it was hilarious that, like, A-Rod has, like, half of his face in one shot and you never see him again. <laughs> which like i don't blame her i don't blame j Lo has two young children and i'm sh- i mean like clearly this woman does she produce this documentary i should have looked it up she's at the helm of this documentary i'm sure and why shouldn't she be it's a whole a whole piece about her struggle her life her journey i mean i didn't even talk about how they kind of open on her having done selena and I'm sure you watched the reruns growing up too. That movie is definitely a gay ass movie. I I just remember not knowing who Selena was, which is adding myself as I guess not knowing enough. And I should have, but it made me love Selena. I it it she and the fact that people told JLo for so many years that she was a bad actor, it pisses me off because you watch her in that movie and she was a natural and so young when she did that movie. It's like The rise to fame, she was told that she's just a dancer. She was told all of these things, all these limiting beliefs, and yet here she is leading a movie, Golden Globe nomination, and then having years of not working or being respected as she should, which goes into all the relationships. I mean, they talk about how she had her children, and the first big thing she did post having her kids was American Idol. And I will say strongly and proudly on this mic that I was always and kind of still am always an American Idol watcher. I don't like the pe- f- recent few years. I'm not like watching every episode, but this year I remember it was, it was, I think Christmas time. I was in Atlanta for some reason and we started watching it and we were hooked. I mean, there's just something about that whole setup. It's why, that's why there's so many fucking shows right now that have the whole like judge panel and the, and the talent show. I just JLo on American Idol was so kind and encouraging and, Say what you will about Katy Perry. She's insane, but she's also entertaining and good on the show. So I I much prefer that to, like, you know, the old days of Simon Cowell. Which, by the way, can you believe that Simon Cowell was, like, shit-talking Jennifer Hudson to her face? And now she's an EGOT? God. For producing um, A Strange Loop on Broadway. Now she is an official EGOT. I have gone on record making fun of her for um, her performance in the Sex and the City movie. I can't, it's just that line reading is so good to me. But I digress.
0: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
2: So they show a lot of clips of her movies during this documentary. One of them is her with George Clooney. And the movie, I looked it up. It's called Out of Sight. I did not, never saw it. Um, but he's a clip of like, I'll tell you why the movie works. It's because of Jennifer Lopez. I There was some article that they didn't like working with each other. I think if anybody's watched Out of Sight, let me know if it's good or worth watching because... Listen, I love to find new things with with canon icons, and a J-Lo movie, I'm here for it. They also talk about how at the same time she had, Waiting for tonight, oh! At the same time that was like a number one album, was when The Wedding Planner was like the number one movie in the country. And thank God, that movie, It it's... There's something about it's kind of similar to why I like miscongeniality, I think, when you see someone that's like so especially a strong woman, so good at her job. Obviously J Lo is like the number one wedding planner, and she's sort of foregoing her own romantic dreams. How, how scandalous is it to think of a first of all, stunning wedding planner like JLo? I mean, can you imagine like even me like being gay if Matt and I were planning our wedding and J Lo was our wedding planner? <laughs> I feel like, sorry, babe, I'm going to stare at her stunning face, body, nails, hips, heels, hands, nails, heels, heels, just like so hot. But then the fact that Jennifer Lopez is planning Matthew McConaughey and that evil woman's wedding, I just, and then falling in love with the guy whose wedding you're planning. It's just hot. It's just a hot setup. Because there's power dynamics at play. Also, Matthew McConaughey, like, he's a doctor, right? She, like, gets her heels stuck in the pavement. He saves her life. He's always, like, I just imagine all of his sweaters were fully cinched in the back. He looks like the mannequin at any Macy's, where, like, you look behind and there's just, like, a full-on, like, 12 clips behind it, just making his tits pop out. He's always so impeccably dressed, but such tight sweaters. It's also a huge moment for Judy Greer. I think it's probably my first memory of a Judy Greer moment of being so funny and such a great, such a great best friend character. She invented that that role, I would that the wheelhouse, I would say. We also forget that Joanna Gleason is the hilarious mom of Matthew McConaughey. She sings. I'm ashamed to admit that I think I saw her in that before I saw Into the Woods the Bernetta Peters. A DVD. I watched that my first time my freshman year of college um, during one of my first ever hookups. If you really want to know, I put my mattress on the floor of my dorm, kicked my roommate Darwin out, who was from Yonka's. and I said, hey, I'm hanging out with a friend. We put Into the Woods on, watched the first act, and let me just say, I did not see a second of the second. Second of the second, babe. Oh, he was so cute. That guy, the, not Darwin. Darwin was handsome, but no, the guy—the guy I was hooking up with—was just great. He did drop out of school that year, but I, I, I hope he's doing great. Google tells me that Kathy and Jimmy is in the wedding planner, and now I'm just gonna need to rewatch it. Another thing that's tough to hear in this documentary is like how they keep weaving in and out all of the Oscar buzz that she is getting for Hustlers. It like frustrates me because I. Really, when I watched the documentary for the first time, I had forgotten. I was like, I don't think that she had gotten an Oscar nomination for Hustlers. But, like, I'm nervous that we keep hearing about it. And the fact that she was constantly asked, do you think you're going to get an Oscar nomination? Is this the movie? It's like, what do you say to that? I'm sure if I were to interview her and, and, like, if I were to ask her that, I would think of it as a as an okay question but seeing it after the fact i don't think it really sets anyone up for success because yes of course if she were to get it it's exciting but you can only celebrate then you can't be like yeah i think i'm gonna get it anyways they do another fashion scene for her getting dresses for the golden globes for the palm springs film festival i fucking love that dress she had for palm springs it's like pink and green i'm one of those people that will i would i'll wear a t-shirt and jeans every day of the week but like When I see her glamour, I just feel so good. And so finally, we get to the Golden Globes, and they show the nominations, and Laura Dern wins for Marriage Story. Talk about a Sophie's Choice. It's so tough to watch this documentary and then not root for Laura Dern. I just feel like we're like programmed to always be cheering on Laura Dern. But in this scenario, I was like, fuck, Laura Dern. But then I heard myself say that, and I was like, who am I? I don't even know myself anymore. But again, it shows you like after the ceremony, she's like, she goes up to her team and they're all trying to cheer her on, clapping, we love you, girly. And she's like, like, she feels that she let everyone else down. And then you see her management team like sulking in a corner and she has to cheer them up. It's just like, it humanized for me that scenario of no matter how successful you are, of always wanting to achieve more and again, I'm not feeling bad for people for losing a golden globe, but it it just goes to show you that it's it's for a lot of them, it doesn't feel like enough to just be in that position. I hope when I lose my first Golden Globe, I'm just truly happy to be nominated. But I'll let you know if that's the case. Final movie I want to bring up before we get into the actual halftime show performance is Shall We Dance. I just don't think it got enough of its due in this movie. Richard Gere, Susan Sarandon. Jennifer Lopez, I rented that movie over and over from Blockbuster growing up. It's, it's, I want to watch it. There's, now this is bringing up a few movies I want to rewatch. I want to find out what Kathleen and Jimmy does in The Wedding Planner. I want to rewatch Shall We Dance. I don't, oh, it's, it's not, I'm um, Susan Sarandon, is it? It's, um, it's the, the amazing woman, Lisa, something that's also in Abbott Elementary. I think we talked about her recently. It's just, it's just so good. It's so, so, so good. So we get to the day, uh, the day before the Super Bowl. And they reveal that the NFL is trying to remove the cages, which, yes, I was surprised that they were allowed to be kept in from the jump, but they were. And then all of a sudden, the NFL is like, we are Republicans. And so I'm so happy that she's like, you know, she has, she said, I had my moment of zen. I was just like, we're keeping them in. So. I don't know about you, but when I was watching the documentary, I had to pause it like 20, 30 minutes and I was like, enough is enough. I need to watch this goddamn Super Bowl performance because I'd forgotten. And I'm glad I did because as they were rehearsing it, you realize how much thought went into it. You know, what I think is so powerful about these types of documentaries is that when you're consuming art or consuming anything, you only see the final product. And so all you feel watching is like, wow, it like was a, a lot of work, I guess. But I, I, whatever, this is it. You forget that every single detail has been discussed, planned, examined. And if I may compare my own experience, while I've never done a Super Bowl halftime show, it made me think about being like a freshman in high school and doing theater because i remember the mind blowing experience of rehearsing i was in the crew of a show i didn't get cast in the in the play my freshman year and they put me on the crew and i was, I mean, like so happy they did because they actually got to learn of what goes into it. But like, I couldn't believe how much rehearsing goes into every step that a a person takes on stage as an actor. I couldn't believe the work behind the scenes of the set and the changes and the costume and the lighting. And so like, when you watch, when I would watch a play or musical after that, I would immediately be like, wow, we have no idea how much work went into this. We do not have a, a single clue as to how hard these people, And it could be a horrible show. Whatever it is, it was still a lot of work. Then you cut to the Super Bowl. Every single... I mean, from the time limit that they had to put it on to like the music director being like, we, I don't know how I'm going to cut all four hits into it, to then how are they going to do transitions? How are they going to do a finale moment? How are they going to actually say something, a statement? It just... I thought jennifer lopez was so mindful about every single element and i think shakira put on a great show but it didn't have the depth that j-lo's did if that's okay to say i mean there's a part there's a part you know so like okay j-lo's daughters lifted up singing i couldn't believe how unaffected she was by all of it i was like that's that's just like what you get for growing up watching your mom just like play stadiums for your whole life and like you know be at the uh, at award red carpets but she just like so cool calm and collected and then at one point like towards the end it's like they're doing like full like cheer lifts like j-lo is like flung in the air i just think it again is the gayest scenario of everything we like in like an award show i feel like i was watching cheer i was like where is monica oh my god that should be her next job is like creative direction for what if they had the cheer the cheer team do the super bowl performance honestly i don't not see it happening and then they cut to jerry in prison i'm kidding um when they show the headlines after the performance it gave me chills because it, it did what she wanted it to do and, and, and also i love when she said like she's 50 years old and she wouldn't have been able to do this five years ago 10 years ago it's just like she has had so many ups and downs in her career. And it makes me sick that people have told her that she's not talented because she is. I, it's 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 beyond a question. It's like certain. And she says at the end, there's still so much more that she wants to do. And I just want to be like, what is it? What do we see is next for J-Lo? I think she's going to win an Oscar. I think she should. I want to see a vehicle. I want to see, I want to see, I don't know if it's like a biopic or like, or like, of her, I just, I see, I see her putting all of her skills together and they have no choice but to stand academy. Well, those are my thoughts on everything I've been watching this week. I'm so glad that you listened to this week's episode, the first ever solo EP of That's a Gay Ass Podcast. If you enjoyed it, I really would love to hear from you. And if you did enjoy it, I truly, truly want to hear. I, 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 This is a risk that I took, and if you've heard me talk before, taking risks is sometimes hard for me. And I, and I just feel I feel excited that um, this was a new opportunity to do something new with the podcast. Uh, of course, you know where to follow us at Gay Ass Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Eric wills and if you enjoyed this uh, episode or any of our episodes tell one friend as we continue to grow i will see you next week with an incredible guest and uh, hopefully bring you more solo f soon i love you so much happy end of pride
0: if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers